0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week, I'm going to use a song suggested by my listener, Stephanie. She asked if I had ever done a podcast on the Lord's Supper and suggested that during this season, as we're approaching Good Friday, it would be a good topic and suggested that Come to the Table by Sidewalk Prophets made her think of the table that Jesus gave us the pattern of taking communion in remembrance of him. I took the challenge, and so let's listen and then explore the table where we see the bread and the cup and our Savior, who was broken and poured out for each of us. He said, come to the table, come join the sinners who have been... There's a picture of the Savior sitting at a table in the New Testament, right before he was betrayed and crucified. He invites us to that table to participate in a time of remembrance and looking forward. It's going to be difficult, but I want to give you a big picture of this table bring you from gospel back to Old Testament, back to New Testament epistle if we can. And so let's let's just jump in. All of us worship, I know, in such diverse communities of believers, and some of us take the Lord's Supper or communion weekly, some once a month, some once a quarter, or some other practice. But most of us will be partaking of the bread and the cup in remembrance of the life death and resurrection of our Savior, especially at this Easter season. And the picture of Jesus reclining at the table with his disciples, also commonly referred to as the Last Supper, is told in all four Gospels. And we're going to read Luke's account on today's episode. So if you head over to Luke chapter 22 in verse 7, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. All right, so before we go much further, I want you to note the significance of the Jewish season that they are in. Saying it was the day of unleavened bread might mean as much to you as me talking about Mardi Gras with someone from Nebraska. You may have heard about it, but it just doesn't compute because most of us have never celebrated a Passover meal. It's okay, though. You can learn all about the first one by reading Exodus chapter 12. Now, we're not going to take the time to do that today, but it is a Bible interaction tool exercise or bite that I often use, which is follow the cross reference. And I definitely don't think it's something we should skip over because it was important enough for Jesus to celebrate it with his disciples. So by following the bite of chasing down the cross reference, you might discover just what types of preparations the disciples made. Now, of course, the customs of the day may have differed from the original Passover, but even so you can see why they celebrated it to begin with. And ultimately, it's because it was given to them as a lasting ordinance, a custom put in place by God. And I just, I want to read a couple of verses out of Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 24. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them. It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. All right, now I can't get over the big idea that God is really into customs and rituals and ceremonies. As you read scripture uh, and read in larger chunks and, and read the Old Testament and the New, he prescribes them all over the place. I think it must be woven into our being as well because we celebrate anniversaries and birthdays and National Donut Day. But God is really into these special observances. I honestly think it's probably more for us than for him. He knows that we have the tendency to forget. But we also have the tendency to forget the meaning behind the ceremony, even if we continue to to celebrate it, and more on that later. All right, so Jesus and his disciples are celebrating the Passover meal, and let's pick up in verse 14 of Luke chapter 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. All right, now in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, in the King James Version, it says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So the scene that we see here in Luke chapter 22 is the first communion. It is also called the last supper because it is Christ's last before his suffering death and resurrection. But I want to consider this word communion. Now the word can be broken into the word the word's union and the prefix prefix, excuse me, com, which means with. So union with And the Greek word here is actually koinonia, which is often translated fellowship. So communion, this union with. And Charles Spurgeon says, union lies at the base of communion. We must be one with Christ in heart and soul and life, baptized into his death death. Quickened by his life, and so brought to be members of his body, one with the whole church of which he is the head, we cannot have communion with Christ till we are in union with him. And we cannot have communion with the church till we are in vital union with it. And this is why it is the practice of those who are believers in and followers of Christ. United with him in this life, born again to the living hope that his resurrection offers. We talked about that last week to take communion. Why? Because he asked us to. Let's look closely at what Christ said. He says, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So every time we take communion, we break the bread and remember Christ's broken body on the cross. In fact, let's do that right now. I want you to take out a piece of paper or a journal or a computer or something where you can record some thoughts. I'm going to call it a journal. The Bite Bible Interaction Tool exercise is to journal, but don't get caught up in the label. It can be on a napkin, for heaven's sakes. The key is to stop and journal your thoughts. Write them down. When you consider the body of Christ given for you, What are your thoughts? This might be a jotting down of observations from the text of the scripture, the actual details of what happened to Jesus on the cross. This might be your feelings or emotions when you think of Jesus' body broken for you. Perhaps you consider the extravagant love or the compassion and forgiveness that Christ showed even as his body was slowly dying. And as you write these things down, there are no right or wrong things to write down. And here's another thing. Every time you do this practice, you will observe or journal or feel something new because it is a lasting ordinance until Christ returns. We are to take the bread and the cup in remembrance of him. So I followed another bite this week and I shared with friends. I have had the privilege of leading devotions at work with a, with a small group of ladies. And we went through this exercise of considering the sacrifice of our savior. We jotted down a few things. The first thing I asked them to write down was a physical detail that came to mind when they remembered what Christ did. And this is what they said. They said they, they recognized the mental agony in the garden. They thought of his crying out to God from the cross. Another said his arms were stretched out wide on the cross. She followed up with, with the, the idea that that picture made her think of him ready for an embrace. I actually, as I considered it, as she said it out loud, I thought of him as completely vulnerable. Another said all of the physical torture he endured, just thought of all of the, the stages. And yet another said the jeers of the people. I had written down his quiet mouth. And then I asked them to write down the emotion that they were feeling. And they, one said, awe, and one said humbled, one said gratitude, several, a couple said overwhelmed. I had written down overwhelmed by love. And then I asked uh, them to write down one more detail, anything else that they thought of. It could have been a, an emotion, a physical detail, anything else. And they added all that he was thinking of me, like all that. And he was thinking of me. One said the magnitude of the plan, you know, just like it was all known and planned by God from the beginning. Others said their thoughts had been, uh, had already been suggested by others, that somebody had said something that they had thought of. Um, and that was really sweet, kind of a unity of the Spirit. I had written down hope, living hope. I guess it was on my brain from last week, but we learned that we were born again into the living hope because of Christ's sacrifice. And I just couldn't shake that, so I wrote that down. I wish I could express what a holy time it was to take less than 15 minutes with friends for this guided consideration and discussion. And now we're ready to come to the table and really unite with our Savior. St. Augustine wrote, The Bible was composed in such a way that as beginners mature, its meaning grows with them. So you can go through this process over and over by yourself or with friends, and it will still be a meaningful and new and a profound time for you. But if you never take the time to really do this in remembrance of Him, it can become so routine that instead of it being a holy time of remembrance and opportunity for repentance, it just becomes meaningless and rote. And I've mentioned before, I have the pleasure of working at a Christian school. I am not a teacher. No, those rock stars deserve all the praise. Nope, I'm a marketer. I get to talk for a living. I know, not surprising, right? (laughs) And I get to put God's glory on display for prospective families and our donors and our community. But we still have kids at our school, kids like my kids, kids like your kids or your neighbor's kids. Kids that don't go to a public school like I went to, where we were told by administration just a few days before graduation that we were not allowed to pray at our graduation. Thanks to Robbie Morris, who listened very nicely and went on and did precisely what he wanted, and that was to pray. (laughs) Bold move. It was awesome. No, our kids have a privilege that they don't quite grasp because it seems so normal to them. They have the privilege of pledging allegiance to our flag every morning and dedicating the day to God through prayer. I love that we have students that lead this, lead in this time. They work very hard to share scripture and truth to start our day. They do a great job. They, they write their thoughts down. Um, I feel like the the weakest link is when it comes to the prayer. For some reason, it has become the thing to ask God to be with us today and help us on our tests and quizzes. Like every day. And don't get me wrong, they're kids. And so we model and we coach and we also fight our battles. And I guess I care a lot about words. And so I would prefer that they pray that God bring to their mind all the things they diligently studied, therefore giving them success on their tests and quizzes But alas, that's not quite what they pray. The thing is, is that it's become a routine. You see, because one does it and then the other does it. And then I even hear my elementary student uh, repeat that tests and quizzes prayer. The ceremony of dedicating the day to God and declaring our patriotism and our allegiance to God and country is very special. It's especially special to me because I almost lost the privilege once. And you know what? I remember So prayer in school is a big deal to me, just like the broken body and poured out blood of my Savior is a big deal to me. But do you know what I do? I sometimes pray a tests and quizzes prayer when taking communion. I'm not union with my Savior. I'm not participating in Him, in fellowship with Him. Sometimes I just thank Him for dying on the cross for me. Amen. And that is not why He invited me to the table. In verse 20, Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So if this cup, representing his blood, poured out for us is the new covenant, what is the old? Well, the old is just the Old Testament law and sacrificial system of which Jesus is the fulfillment. You see, the Passover required the death of a spotless lamb. It was a foreshadowing, the lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world, Jesus. Jesus is the final fulfillment of the requirement laid out in the law of the Old Testament. The new covenant replaces the old when Christ, our Passover lamb, was sacrificed. So coming to the communion table is a remembrance of what Christ did for us and a celebration of what we receive as a result of his sacrifice, salvation, and eternal life with him. With Union with forever. Don't come lightly. The invitation is open and freely offered to you, as our lyrics say, to sit down and be set free. It's freely offered, but it wasn't free. And that is what we are called to remember until Christ comes again. So what's next? We'll read in Luke chapter 22 of the Last Supper. Learn more about the Passover meal by following the cross-reference to Exodus. Keep reading in Luke to see the details of the sacrifice of our Savior, and then journal your thoughts about the broken body and poured out blood for you. Then the next time you come to the table, let your thoughts bring you to a deeper place of remembrance as you carry out this ceremony until Christ returns. Do this in remembrance of Him. While you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter at Kneesat or Facebook, Michelle L. Neezat, and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. When you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10 day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Kathy from Texas, Janice from Ireland, Janet from Washington, Amy from Oregon, Josette from Malta. Welcome. New subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you will get a memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can even print it out. And you will get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. You can follow me on Spotify. I'm also available in Stitcher Radio. And while you're in those places, could you leave me a written review and a star rating? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using The Lion and the Lamb by Big Daddy Weave to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to MichelleNeedsat.com forward slash 214. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.